What's up, basketball fans? This is Clayton Hendricks with another episode of Hoops with Slim Shooter. As we've gone through almost the first full week of NBA playoffs, um, we're 20 games in, and for uh, you know, for the most part, I would say uh, the series are kind of playing out as I predicted and expected um, they would. So we're gonna go ahead and get into it in the West. You know, we got um, the Lakers and the Portland Trailblazers right now through two tied the series 1-1 you know we had a a, a real tight first game uh, in the series lebron putting up historic triple double numbers going 23 17 and 16 which is the first time in playoff history that anyone has put up that kind of triple double um, but the blazers still pulled out game one um, regardless uh, of that great performance um, game two was quite a different story um, the Lakers coming out with a lot of fire and determination after that game one loss um, knowing that they're the number one seed in the West you know taking an L has got to put like a fire under them and they came out they came out swinging they they led Portland in the first three quarters completely dominating um, you know ended up winning by over 30 points so uh, Dame, Damian Lillard in that game dislocated his finger in the third quarter. Um, the Lakers were already up 30 points, and so it wasn't really a factor. His injury wasn't a factor to the outcome of that game. Um, but, you know, obviously Damian Lillard is going to be dealing with some soreness of that finger going into game three, but he's going to be out there. He's, he's playing. Uh, n- no really updates or stories on his finger. I mean, when you dislocate it, you just got to pop it back in and keep going. So, um, you know, got a really cool uh, comment from from uh, my uncle that said, you know, why didn't he just pop it back into place like Kobe and keep playing? And you know what? <clears throat> it takes a special individual um, to do things like that. Kobe Bryant was on a level of his own. Um, the competitive fire inside of that man to fight through injuries was unreal. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, Damian Lillard, he dislocated his finger in the third quarter with the Blazers getting stomped um, by over 30 points. So it wasn't really too too much of a, a factor for him to pop that thing back in and keep playing. Um, that game was already over. So, you know what? Uh, I expect the Blazers to, to come out after getting, you know, kind of smacked in game two. And, and put up a, a put up a fight. I mean, the, the Blazers, the the whole bubble series, they've been coming out with great offense, um, being one of the most uh, productive teams in the bubble on the offensive side of, of the basketball, being very efficient and putting up great numbers. So I think that they're going to come out in game three and really give the Lakers a fight. And I think this will probably be the most evenly matched and competitive game of the series so far will be game three. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. The Blazers did suffer a, a you know, a, a bad injury to their bench um, forward Zach Collins, who provided, you know, some timely rest coming off the bench for the bigs, suffered a hairline fracture in his ankle, and that's going to end his season. Uh, kind of take away from some of the, the deep bench that Portland has and their ability uh, to 
you know put up numbers when their superstars aren't in so uh great series though loving the competition right there i definitely expected to go seven six or seven games like i said from the beginning in that series so we'll see um houston is up two games to none um with great play from all around um, when i'm watching these games i'm seeing incredible ball movement um guys just the ball is flying around finding their open shooters houston um and mike d'antoni obviously known for his offensive style of coaching basketball um, they're playing a lot of small ball and they're they're getting it done on the offensive side of and and on the defensive side i mean they're they're limiting okc cp3 steven adams gallinari all of their numbers are low through the first two games of the series and um cp3 taking a lot of the blame saying that he's just got to be better if okc wants uh, a chance in this series um, i did take houston in six um could be a quicker series and this could be one that i i didn't predict houston being so good without westbrook um through these first two games um it looks like westbrook is is going to go ahead and probably sit out game three as well um no rush to get him back especially if they don't need him you know want to save him for some more competitive series uh hopefully further down into the playoffs um but I, I hope to see OKC come out in game three with more of a fight, uh, more offensively uh, efficient and um, with a better game plan, trying to get the ball down low to Steven Adams, Gallinari in the corners, um, CP3 being aggressive and not holding back. So uh, if, if they can get some more production from those, those three guys, I think it'll be a closer game. And hopefully without Westbrook, playing they can steal one and and try to get back into this um denver and utah is looking like a good back and forth matchup kind of like i predicted i felt like both teams are very evenly matched both teams were not playing great in the bubble um, but we're kind of already locked into where they were going to be in the west playoffs so i mean utah i would say um has the advantage right now they have the upper hand kind of the momentum of the series uh, I did pick Denver initially to pull this one out, and it could still happen. But um, with Donovan Mitchell, he is playing outstanding basketball, and just all around, the the team is playing great right now. I mean, Donovan Mitchell put up historic numbers in the game one matchup. Um, I mean, he had 57 points, nine rebounds, seven assists um, to become the third highest playoff scoring game in NBA history. Um, although the Jazz lost that game with him putting up these numbers, I feel like it gave an incredible boost to not only his confidence, but the confidence of the team and their offensive efficiency. Um, throughout my episodes, I you know in the bubble seeding games, I mentioned that Utah was struggling with their ball movement, getting guys involved, and their three-point percentage being very low compared to what they were most of the regular season being up in the 40s um you know the high 30s 40s you know being at the top of the league in that category um hopefully you know that boost from him and the continued well play uh well-rounded play from the rest of his teammates uh, kind of rubbed off on them and gave them that confidence they need to get back to some you know better offensive basketball so 
um i still think this game this series is kind of gonna go back and forth a little bit i think denver's gonna come out strong um with nikolai and jamal murray having having a really good uh having a really good game three um to to give denver the the two one lead in the series um but it can go either way um with with the play like i said with the play of donovan mitchell he's really the the centerpiece for the utah jazz along with mike conley um that that really pushes this team you know in the right direction so great series there the clippers and the mavericks man the clippers are getting much more of a fight from a young and talented mavs roster than i expected but you know all along i've i've said about this team um, from the beginning of the season that I love their roster. I love their young, talented roster, and I believe that th the sky is the limit for them. Um, but they just weren't showing that potential in the bubble uh, through those seeding games. They were showing that they, they they weren't being they weren't being very productive, especially in the starting lineup. And Tim Hardaway Jr. was just kind of falling flat for me. He wasn't he wasn't even reaching his averages for for the season. He was well below in those seeding games playing off and um, it could have a lot to do with with the layoff and him just getting back into things some guys are, are slower than others getting back into the rhythm so um, he's looked okay um, through three but uh, the Clippers are up in the series 2-1 unfortunately in game three uh, Luca sprained his left ankle and um, wasn't able to return to the game in a very close game where PG was having an off night. PG was not having the greatest game. Uh, Kawhi had to take a lot of that load on the offensive side of the basketball. So he got, Kawhi was, went 36-9-8 in game three and, and pushed the Clips to that 2-1 advantage in the series. Um, and I, it, it, it would be hard for me to believe that if Luka didn't go down there with that, with that left ankle sprain, um, with PG having an off night, I feel like the Mavericks could have easily took game three and been up 2-1. Um, so, you know, looking at uh, Luca's post-game uh, interviews and just seeing kind of what he's, the vibes he's putting out about his ankle, um, he doesn't seem too concerned, um, but he doesn't show a lot of emotion in these press conferences. So he just said that um, they're gonna look at the MRI get back to it and see kind of how he's feeling um he tried to come back in this game couldn't put pressure on that left ankle and push off and get the explosiveness that he needed to keep playing so that's not a good sign um because you know for me initially i mean i've hurt my ankles many many times and initially it's the fear that you really did something bad um, but then you can get back out there and kind of push through it so but when he tried to do that and he wasn't able to that doesn't bode well for for his injury and for the future in the series for the Mavericks I mean without Luka sadly to say the Mavericks have no shot in this series they need his production Porzingis um looking you know game one against the Clips man he he played pretty poorly only had 14 points six rebounds I mean for him to for the Mavericks to be great and to get past the clips, um, Porzingis has to play well, get boards, be his usual scoring 
get his usual scoring production along with Luca and you know Tim Hardaway Jr. getting his averages um, they all have to be working you know together like their normal self to, to get past a, a talented Clippers team who you know has hopes of getting to the finals so it's a great series let's hope that Luca gets back and is not um, injured for the rest of the playoffs so um, in the east we got Toronto just simply blazing past the Nets seamlessly as predicted being just too much to handle um, this series most likely should be closed out in the next matchup for a clean sweep and on to the next round Toronto is playing team ball they're you know they're a very talented well-rounded team that I feel like they are just itching to prove to people that they have what it takes um, without Kawhi Leonard um, and and they, they want to get back to the finals they want to defend their title so you know Toronto's taking care of business in round one against the Nets um, the 76ers um, in Boston series I knew that the 76ers would struggle without Ben Simmons being in the line, lineup but to the extent of this series what's happening right now I, I don't know if anyone predicted um, it feels like Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris are kind of just falling flat you know what I mean they're not being the superstar athletes that they should be just being you know Embiid being the best player on the floor at all times he should be in this series he's got the potential and the talent to do that but he's not showing up and um, it you can just kind of see a defeat in this whole roster um, knowing that they don't have Ben Simmons and the the favorable matchups with without him in the lineup um, you know Marcus Smart Kimball Walker Jason Tatum Jalen Brown they're all playing great basketball right now and they Boston is a very difficult team to guard and without a key player like Ben Simmons being in the matchup or being in the, the lineup is a detriment to the 76ers and I feel like the team just understand the 76ers just they know that and mentally they're just done and so Boston is up 3-0 and it wouldn't surprise me um, that the 76ers just fold and they literally get clean sweeps which is such a disappointment um, because the 76ers are a talented team and they should have put up more of a fight than this so I hope to see the 76ers kind of you know go out there in game four and give everything they have and make it a close game but you know just mentally I don't think they're there I feel like they've already given up and they know they can't do it without Ben and, and the support that he brings to that lineup so we'll see what happens in game four but I, I'm you know I feel like the series is over so Boston looking nice looking to go to the next round in the playoffs um, Miami leads the Pacers two games to zero. Now, I did think that this series was going to go seven games. This could be a, a series that I kind of um, expected more from the Pacers because they were hot in the, in the seeding games. They were playing great. Uh, TJ Warren playing out of his mind in the bubble games. And um, right now, he, it seems like he may be falling back into his kind of normal average uh play that he brings on a consistent basis you know in the beginning of the season that's kind of what we saw from him um in game two he only had 14 points 
And um, for, for the Pacers to be in this series and to have a chance, they need some playmakers. They need some guys to step up. They need TJ Warren to be at that high caliber level of basketball. Miami is getting so much production from their bench along with um, obviously Jimmy Butler just being an outstanding competitive basketball player that fights and claws. Man, I love Jimmy Butler's uh, blue collar play on the court. He reminds me so much, him and Kawhi Leonard remind me so much of, of each other. Um, they're great on both ends of the floor and they just fight, you know, and they're just smart basketball players. So um, Miami's looking nice right now. Um, if TJ Warren and, and Oladipo and some of these guys can kind of get back in um, to the swing, they, they can they can easily get back there and, 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 and fight it out, make it a series. Um, but it's going to be an uphill battle being down two games tonight. So we'll see how game three pulls out for them. Um, Milwaukee, you know, Milwaukee came out against Orlando just expecting to coast through that series. And as I predicted in the beginning, I, I thought Milwaukee was just simply going to to run through Orlando, just like Toronto is running through the Nets. Um, they have the they have, are superior in talent, and you know Orlando just shouldn't be in this. But when you're in the NBA, you're facing the most talented basketball players in the world, and if you put on that coast switch and you underestimate your opponent, I mean you could get you're gonna get waking up real quick and that's just what happened to milwaukee i mean they came out game one co-seemed ready to just blow through this series and orlando punched them in the mouth winning all four quarters in this matchup a quarter three they tied but basically all this whole entire game was orlando's from the jump and um they they put it on milwaukee in game one um so Giannis and, and the whole team, uh, Middleton, they, they, they woke up for game two and, and they looked good. They looked to put Orlando back in their place. And I wouldn't expect, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if um, Orlando doesn't get another win in this series. Milwaukee um, got waking up in that game one matchup. And um, I think they're going to take care of business the rest of this series and, and clean clean it up, you know, 4-1. So, uh yeah, so that, that's, I mean, that's going to be, to me, that's that's kind of uh, how it shakes down so far in the playoffs. A lot of good games that we're looking at. Um, excited to continue to watch some of these close series and matchups. Um, one interesting thing that I've just been kind of playing over in my mind about this, these bubble um, playoff games and um, is the fact of home court advantage. I mean, home for, home court advantage is not a factor in the bubble. I mean, with no fans, no emotion within their arena, you know, teams have to muster up their own swing, their own fight to get back into series. And that's an uphill battle when when you don't have when you don't have that that raw emotion just pushing you from from the from the roar of a crowd from those fans just expecting the most out of you getting you into it you know getting that adrenaline going um it's tough for players you know the level of boost that fans bring to sports teams is something that is i, I feel like is unmeasurable and is more appreciated than ever right now um, due to the bubble i mean 
Yeah, the NBA has done a terrific job at stimulating crowd noise and introduce, introducing virtual a virtual experience for fans and uh, the fact that NBA players get to see some fans cheering them on in the crowd, but it's not enough, you know? It's not even close to the real tangible fan in the stadium cheering you on, screaming their lungs out, wanting, willing your team to win. Um, and you know what? I, I'm used to seeing athletes you know, giving praise um, after they win a championship or if they win a big game. They're giving praise to the fans saying, we couldn't do this without you. And at times in the back of my mind, I wondered, you know, maybe before all this bubble stuff, you know, I wondered, were, were these superstar athletes that were placed on, you know, placed that mic in their hand, were they prompted to say things like that? Were they prompted to say that the fans were so important? Maybe to make the fans feel more apart of the team or continue a high level of support from their community or even just a tactic, you know, to produce more money for the organization from from corporate, you know what I mean? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that was a thing, you know what I mean? But when it comes down to it, when we see this bubble and we see um, how it is playing these games without fans, I feel like I feel like that's a genuine statement from superstar athletes, athletes because they realize that fans play a pivotal role in fueling them to play to heights that they never imagined they could get to, you know? And so, you know, as we watch these playoff games continue and they roll out, we see series where teams are getting behind two, three games um, and, and they're behind in the count. And, and, you know, normally when you would see, you know, crowds and, and the home court flip, you know, going back to your home arena, with your fans just cheering you on that that energy boost from being around your city and your places and just feeling better about yourself that gives you a confidence boost to get back into a series and i would i would have to say that we need to keep it a close watch on this as we go forward to see if teams are able to pull out of slumps and fight for their playoff lives because i would have to say that you know i feel like that's going to be slim you know, there's gonna be a lot of teams that aren't able to do that in this in this setting. And for the teams that are able to do that, that they're able to pull out of some O2s or even O3s, you know, I, I feel like it's a testament to true teamwork, a commitment of unanimous decisions to, you know, I'm not gonna go down without a fight. You know, the coaching is even more uh, a spotlight right now because, you know, they have to be, you know, precise and tactical and have great game planning. And so, and, 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 you know, just a testament to the true heart and the competitive fire that professional athletes have inside of them that make them great. And I think that if we see um, any teams really come back in series from being down, uh, you know, that's the, that's the, the level of, you know, the level of athleticism and the fight and, and what we want to see as a fan, you know, so it, it really shines who they are and how they can compete without fans and without like a home court advantage in these series. So just just some thoughts, you know, as you watch these playoff games and, and you see your team, you know, fighting to stay in, in their series and just continue to, to play hard. Um, you know, I think that's going to be a big factor that goes kind of under the radar. So a lot of great basketball. Um and I'm excited the playoffs are here. Um, hope, hope your team is in it. 
doing well and um, we're gonna get back to you with more hoops with slim shooter um following the weekend so i hope everyone has a great weekend and i'll get back to you god bless